Happy New Year and welcome back, my friends, to the MailRite Real Estate Agent Podcast Show. You are joining us in our New Year episode, which is episode 128, the first of 2018. And today we're going to do a quick recap of our 2017 in review and maybe a couple uh, comments about our upcoming year for the show. I want to thank you for uh, joining us. And I'm going to turn things over to my co-host, Jonathan Denwood, for a quick introduction, and then we'll take it away. Hi there, folks. A happy new year. We've been having some technical troubles with this first show of the new year. Let's hope that it doesn't continue, Thomas. All right. And I'm Thomas J. Nelson with uh, Big Block Realty in San Diego, California, residential real estate. And you can find me at thomasjnelsonrealtor.com. All right. So, Jonathan, we were... um, going to review some of the guests that stood out and um, maybe it was either because the guests themselves were dynamic or the content they brought with them. Um, And I know that one of the uh, guests that stood out to you um, was one of the interviews that you brought us. So I'm going to let you kick it off and tell us uh, one of the folks that uh, was a 2017 highlight for you. Yeah, like I was saying, Thomas, I, I thought um, Dave Lawrence from uh, Follow Up Boss, um, I thought that was a really um, great interview and we both really hit it off. Um, and Dave, you know, I really admire what Follow Up Boss have managed to build because I'm attempting to not build something that directly is in competition with them, but something that has similar um, amount of work required. And um, it's just a great product that they've built. And I just think they're a great team. And I think Dave had some really um, good points about online marketing and the new, just the new landscape where it comes to marketing yourself effectively as a real estate professional and what's required now to really generate those leads consistently to make your business truly successful, Thomas. Yeah, I would agree. Um, because uh, one of the things I took away from Dave's interview uh, was the, uh, being consistent with your people. Uh, I, I know there's a stat that uh, National Association of Realtors puts out that 88% of the people interviewed would work with their realtor again, but less than 11% do because they forget about their realtor. They forget who it was after a period of time. And that falls on us as realtors. We're not staying in touch. So it's not only consistency with your marketing and your branding for prospecting, but it's the consistency that you need to have with your current and uh, sold clients. Um, because they, they, you know, they're, they're all diving into their lives. You've sold them a house and, or you've helped them move um, and th- they're going to get on with their lives. And if we don't give them those general reminders, um, we're not going to be top of mind. And then they're open to suggestion the next time they need a realtor. Yeah. Funny enough, I was looking at a video over the holiday period from Tom Ferry um, um, and he took he was, he was really talking about that he was actually he was actually saying tom that he has loads of people come to him and say what customer management system should they use and he turns around to him and he says it doesn't really matter it what matters is the reasons why you're using it and i i totally agree and i'll put a link in the show notes um to that video um 
because I, I think a lot of people in the industry really struggle with this whole concept of of growing your database, keep keeping in contact with it, and really doing things that really um, generate um, real leads. Because I, I know a couple of agents that really do a lot of stuff online, Thomas, and um, but they don't really generate the kind of leads from it that they should do. Yeah, it's one thing to generate the leads, uh, but it's another thing to actually work the leads and be able to have some sort of a system that automates yet um, targets uh, responses uh, to those leads. In other words, uh, you don't want to be sending out generalized uh, information when you have buyers, you have sellers, you have um military, you might have seniors versus first-time buyers, your message needs to cater to the specific groups. So one of the things you need to do with your groups is categorize who they are so you know what message you want to be sending them. So, and, and those yeah, that's are all- something I've kind of, that's something I've kind of um, hammered to death, wasn't it? Categorization. But I also yeah. think it also touches on another subject that we discussed on and off throughout the whole of 2017 was that if you can niche, niche I call it nicheify, it's, not, it's actually not a word, it's a word I made up, but it's actually, you know, actually finding a target audience in your area, you know, based on geography, um, age segment. Um, doesn't really matter, but it's finding that niche that you can really focus because I really think that really helps with all your marketing, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it. Um, you know, the, the, you know, tomato, tomato. They, I hear a lot of people pronounce it niche because they like to use the phrase "there's riches in the niches," uh, and that's because um, once you've done your research, though, I mean, it. You know, it may be great that I want to work with. Uh, over 50 year old golfers, but if I don't live anywhere near a golf community, um, that's not going to serve me well either. So you got to do your homework on within the categories uh, that you want to serve. Um, is there enough of that category in your market area to serve and sustain a business and grow your business from? Uh, and you're right. I mean, you and I can't tell you how many, I would say at least 25, 30% of our guests hammered that home last year which was having target markets and having niches to focus on and not trying to be the realtor to all people, but to a very specific group, because from that referrals will come. You'll get referrals outside of your group from that. Yeah. Because what happens is that your content, your marketing, your content on your website, your general marketing will be very shallow. Right. Um, it will be at a certain level, but it won't encourage. Um, and you'll just find the whole process will be a lot harder. But if you can uh, find these niches, like you say, but it's got to suit, it's got to be a market that's there in your local um, area. Um, another, another guest, I wasn't part of the interview, but I thought you did a great job, was Gregory um, Hughes of the founder of Stop Zillow Camp. Oh, great. great I thought Hague. that was a fantastic... Uh, hey, sorry, I, I apologize. I think that was uh, a great interview that you did there. Thanks. Yeah, Greg Greg and I have stayed in touch. Um, I, I've actually uh, took, over the uh, holiday break, I took a um, significant training with Greg's um, uh, 
luxury market training. But um, and and Greg used the Stop Zillow campaign to get attention um, to the problem that he was trying to solve. He's since renamed it uh, the Plan to Save Our Ind- Our Industry or the Plan to Save Real Estate. Um, because he wanted to give it a positive spin once he got enough uh, light shined on it. But he basically is trying to take back the ability to control the inventory and the buyers that is on the internet so that um, it's still out there, it's still accessible, but we're, we're controlling it, not third parties. You know, NAR in their infinite wisdom gave away our biggest asset, our brand, the realtor brand. We don't even own that as realtors anymore. And Zillow has become the number one stop for home buyers. Yet they have inaccurate information. Um, they, their leads are um, stepped on multiple by multiple realtors. So, what Greg's saying is, look, it's a free market. He he, he bears no ill feelings towards these uh, other uh, parties, and there's more coming. Um, but what he's trying to say is, let's take back control of our inventory and the, um, the buyers and not be dependent on third parties so much for our uh, pipelines, for our source of business, for our leads, for our prospects. Uh, because otherwise you're beholden to them. And whatever, you know, if, if your whole marketing uh, plan and your whole pipeline is Zillow, um, you're, you're beholden to Zillow. Yeah, I mean, it, whatever Zillow yeah. wants to charge for those leads, they can because they've got you. Whatever they want you to charge for your services, they can because if you don't comply, they can turn off the faucet. I mean, you're giving a lot of power away. And, th- and that's what Greg's big point is. It's not saying, hey, um, I don't like the fact that Zillow's here. Um, he's just saying that why are we giving them so much of the spotlight when they, they don't even have the information correct. They don't have the boots on the ground out in each marketplace that we are to our clients. We're the experts. Zillow is just essentially a computer program, a logarithm, that, but it's a brilliant marketing machine. And we need to get brilliant with our marketing, which is what we've been talking about throughout our podcasts over the last year and a half that I've been with you is empowering realtors to be in control of their business and not give up so much of that control and a soapbox. <laughs> I think there's a, there's actually something even bigger than that. Actually. Um, I was talking to a couple of agents over the Christmas two year period. And this, this, um, this sense of secrecy that we, we got this. Well, what I mean by that is that if I was agent in a new market, entering it was i i moved and i i didn't know anybody or if if i was trying to establish a real online i'm going to say something that might shock shock you a little bit i've said a few things that have shocked you thomas haven't i but i might even shock you now uh, um is that i would really become the promoter of all properties in my niche sector yeah i would promote to death other people, other agents in my area's properties that suited my niche. All right. I would become the place, my website would become the place for people to find properties and information that helped them in their purchase of their property connected to that niche. No, you're absolutely right. And, but, uh, and I think that the, the important point to make, though, is we're, in doing that, we're not going to compete with Zillow. They're just too big. But what we can do is 
really drill down on what you're saying in that niche so that you do become the expert in that zip code, in that neighborhood, uh, all things that, that uh, marketplace. Because then you have a place to focus um, and when you're blogging, when you're posting articles, when you're out and about doing maybe your video, um, your localism, it, it gives you a point of focus instead of, you know, for me to try to cover all of San Diego, I, that's what I, 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 I'm not, there's not enough days in the year to do that. So I need to pick a neighborhood and I need to drill down on that um, or I need to pick a demographic and drill down on that. And that's where we can compete with Zillow and become uh, Zillow can, it can be part of your marketing plan. It's not saying that you, you shouldn't. It's just saying don't put all your eggs in that basket or you're giving up complete control of your business. And the, the thing I can't stress enough is the only equity we have in our business is our database. That's the only thing that we have sellable. Uh, unless you're selling um, you, you know, a brick and mortar building and the furniture in it, the only equity we have as business owners in real estate is our database. I wanted yeah. to also remind people that if you are interested in this, um, it's, it's a very positive campaign. You can make up your own mind. It's the plan to save real estate.com. It's also on Facebook, the plan to save real estate. And the gentleman's name is Greg Hague, spelled H A G U E. Check it out for yourself. Make up your own mind. That's great. Um, is there a guest you want to bring up or shall we go for our break and then we come back and talk about a couple of people that stuck in your mind? Yeah, yeah. let's go for, our, let's go. We're going to keep this short and sweet folks, but um, hopefully we're not boring. I don't think we have. It's just a good way of talking a little bit more about some of the key subjects. So we're going to go for our break folks. We'll come back and we're going to delve in a couple of more of our guests that kind of stuck in our mind um, back in a minute. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRight. It is a powerful but easy-to-use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. We're coming back. We're... um... I think we've had a good conversation for the start of the new year. Um, it, so do you want to take um, any guests that's stuck in your mind? Yeah. That- um, well, there's a few, but I'll start out with um, one of the guests. I'm just super proud that we got in um, and we got him in twice, once in 2016 and once in 2017. And that was uh, Michael E. Gerber of the E-Myth. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is the guy who wrote the E-Myth, uh, which when, by the time I got a hold of it was called The E-Myth Revisited. And uh, Michael Gerber's book is what launched my entrepreneurial career. Reading that book um, set the tone for the, the, the last 35 years of my life. And I think um, he was an amazing guest just because um, obviously he had some uh, celebrity uh, status, but more so... Um, at his age, I mean, he's in his early 80s, and he's still just full of, excuse the term, but piss and vinegar. He's, he's just on fire. Um, and that inspired me to see a guy that really doesn't. He's on fire, isn't he? Yeah, he does not. I mean, he's not a guy that needs to publish another book. He's not a guy that needs to really do anything else uh, to create income. Yet he's still out fighting in the trenches, trying to um, help people. 
systematize their businesses and make them scalable so that they're sellable. And he's super passionate about that. And so that to me was an inspiration because, um, you know, I'm, I'm heading into, I'm going to turn 50 this year and I'm thinking, here's a guy in his, in his early eighties. So that gave me hope for the next 35 years of my next chapter <laughs> because, um, uh, I just loved his energy and his passion. And of course he had come out with a new book, um, a new e-myth book series and, um, and he's still going strong with the dreaming rooms and, and producing excellent training. Um, so that's one of the ones that stood out to me. Did you have any comments about Michael? Oh, he's just, you know, he's, he's still a really sharp cookie, isn't he? He's still on fire. Yes. You, you could see why he became a successful business coach, author, entrepreneur. You could see it clearly in his persona. Um, I think what, I think what the key things about, if you take the totality of everything he's written and tried tried to encapsulate um one key message which is ridiculous really but i'm gonna attempt it is that it, it's um really understanding why you're successful understanding the processes in your business that led to your success in business and then encapsulating those in processes, normally by writing those processes down, and then being able to get other people and making a small team or a medium team or a large team, but encapsulating those processes that somebody who's not you can really get the same success level with with removing the personal element of yourself from the process. Yes. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, you only have a job until you've been able to step away from the business and the, and the business still runs itself with these people that you've put in place through these systems. So, um, I mean, until if, if when you walk away, the money stops coming in, you just have a job. And that's what Michael is sharing with us in the, in the, in his latest book, beyond the e-myth, what he was really trying to tie together um, was how to take, once you do systematize successfully your business, then how to turn it into something that's scalable and sellable so that you can not only step away from the daily operations, but one day retire from it and, and, and still have equity enough in the business to um, be an attractive purchase for someone else to carry it on. And the other thing is, um, I totally agree with what you just said, but even before that stage, the more understanding and the more you can um, process um, your activities, especially in today's environment for the agent small boutique brokerage where, you know, um, time and stress levels are pretty um, high and the lack of time is um, also high is the more you can process this and, and write it down and turn it into a process, the less stressful your life's going to be. And unfortunately, I've observed with a lot of agents, um, and it's linked, I've got the lady's name, the, the counsellor, um, I forgot her name, um, she's been on the show twice, hasn't she, the lady from Canada. Oh, Kim Addis. Um, Yes, um, yeah. it's, a bit, it's a bit linked to that because um, consciously and also subconsciously, I think a lot of agents 
um, cannot achieve that. No. Because they, they, it's almost like there's part of them that doesn't want it. No, they don't. And that's okay. I mean, that, you know, it's not to say that everyone has to create a business no. that is systematized, scalable, and sellable. But even if you don't want to sell your business, even if you don't want to hire employees, going through the exercise of this is just going to make it a lot easier for you in the long run. So, I mean, it's not the end game doesn't have to be to sell it or to have a big team. It could, you could be the solo person, but you still in real estate have a team. I mean, I have title escrow lender, uh, underwriter, you know, and so on and so forth. And, and, and it would be nice to know how to, um, orchestrate them in, in a more cohesive way so that we're all playing off the same sheet of music. Every, every, uh, escrow we're in, for example, but, um, you know, it's fun. You gave me a great segue, Jonathan, because Kim Addis is actually uh, one of the other standout guests that we had. Um, we obviously had her back twice. And I just think, you know, we've talked to a lot of coaches, especially um, in 2017. We talked to um, quite a few people that coach uh, and train. But she stood out because I think she comes from such a different place. And it's, it's getting down to the root cause of why we behave the way we do. And understanding that we run our lives and run our businesses and interact with other people through our own filters. And those filters are created by certain experiences or, or as she says, which I thought was simple but brilliant, is what's the story you're telling yourself? Uh, because that's, you're the only one hearing that story that way. The, the rest of the world is seeing the story a different way. And understanding that and, and getting out of your own way and getting out of your own head um, head trash, I call it. And so she was a, another one that um, raised a lot of questions for me. Um, I always love a guest that when we're done with them, I want to follow up with them and pry more into what we were talking about off air. Um, so she was definitely one of them. And it seems like she was for you too, because you just brought her up. Well, because I just noticed um I noticed with some of my eight, because um, I do see them as family, and I've probably spent too much time um, in discussions without charging. Um, <laughs> but that's part of a startup, and it's a part of the process of educating myself about real estate. And that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast it's not only to promote Mailwright, but educate myself and immerse myself in real estate because I'm not an active real estate agent unlike you but I, I think I've had a, a very rapid uh, online training uh, for the past 18 months speaking to uh, all these guests and all these experts I um, would agree uh, I, it's been an incredible education interviewing these people because you know they're in some cases they're folks that you probably wouldn't approach um, outside of the uh, world of being a podcast host because we're always looking for interesting educational guests, guests that are doing something different or doing something remarkably well, um, even though it might be a time and tested, um, you know, uh, at this point, internet marketing, uh, most people know about it, but there are people that are doing it better than others. And those are the people we want on the show. But you know, outside of the context of being a podcast host in the, in the real world, I wouldn't be spending the time talking to a lot of these people unless I was purchasing their product. So I think we've gotten a, a great insight uh, into the mind of not only the, the people and what and the service they provide, but in some cases, the backstory of how 
what what was the mind that even came up with this idea and got it out to the marketplace because that in itself is what stops a lot of people in real estate it's you can have that paralysis of analysis you you, you might be great at learning things but if you don't apply it it's just entertainment you got to put action mm-hmm. behind the education otherwise you're just entertaining yourself um, another guest that kind of stuck in my mind, um, you weren't part of the interview, you, you had to take that episode off, was an agent called Ricky Karu um, from, or it's episode um, 108, and it's from, or, he's based in Orange Beach, at, I think it's Alabama, um, um, and what struck me about um, Ricky's interview is the Looking back, I didn't realise this at the time, he was applying all the things we've we've just been talking about at the first half of the show. He's really focused on a target audience, uh, a niche. He sells, he's the leading uh, producer in his area when it comes to apartments. They are second homes, they're holiday homes normally, or investments. And he's the leading agent. He's the man in that area. If you're looking to buy an apartment in that area, um, you go to Ricky. Um, and he's kind of establishing himself. And also, he um, through the interview, he made it really clear that he's merciless about keeping in touch with past clients or people that have had any kind of biz- business dealings with him by consistently not every month but you know having utilizing his electronic systems keep in touch with these people at different levels and segmentizing his database everything we discussed ricky was doing and that's why i think he had sold he had produced over 100 transactions um in 2016 um which is a lot for somebody that is like you, who's got a virtual team, that shows to me, and he didn't look totally destroyed by the process. So that suggests to me that it's also linked to what we just discussed with Michael, that he's got processes as well. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I know we're running short on time. So what I'd like to do to wrap up my portion of this is just say that I think, um, as we were talking about earlier, the education that's come out of this, the, the, the takeaways I had from 2017 were you absolutely have to have an online presence, but you have to have a campaign, a plan, a call to action. You have to have a landing page. You have to have a niche or a niche, <laughs> tomato, tomato. Uh, and I think video ever, was... Ever, ever. Yeah, I was just going to get into that. Um, Video was a big top topic last year. And um, and the difference between having evergreen video, which means reusable, professionally done video um, versus, um, you know, more uh, in the moment videos that um, do have a shelf life because they're topical and time sensitive. But still, you need to have a good combination of both. So um, those were the big uh, business takeaways I had from um, 2017 um, that I wanted to share. Yeah, I think when it comes to, I'm sorry to slightly interrupt there, but uh, I think the video when it comes to Evergreen is not about, it's not solely about video either, is it? Evergreen content 
is an important subject for all, all your online activities. And it's, it becomes a central hub um, of, because um, we, um, I'm terrible with re remembering names, Thomas, but we had that SEO couple um, and they kind of confirmed um, evergreen content, didn't they? Um, yes, because you're, it, you're it's, talking about if, yeah, if, if, Tammy and her husband. Yes, um, because if you get it right, you've got your niche target. It makes sense. It's um, a niche in your ge geography area that you can service. It can provide enough leads and enough income that you're happy with. Um, so the market's there. But if you can identify that, it helps you produce this evergreen content, written and video. It helps you become that person that is the total authority. It's the thing that makes you different from all the other agents in your area. Yeah, I would agree with that because so few are utilizing it, which is crazy. I mean, with the, with the ease of it now, I mean, with an iPhone, you've got a movie studio and a recording studio and a photography studio in, in your pocket. And then the content, even the content, you can, a lot of my blogs, I'll do them on my phone, email them to myself, clean it up and post it. Um, there, that's what I do with downtime a lot of the time. If I'm sitting waiting online or something, or if I'm in an area where um, I really think it's a cool area and it would add to my marketing, I'll do a quick video in that area and post it. Um, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, Martin Scorsese. I mean, it, it, people want real, authentic and short. <laughs> uh, that was something else I've learned uh, from our guests is keep it short and to the point and um, short and consistent is better than long and inconsistent. Mm -hmm.